Welcome to Midweek Live, a podcast by North Point Community Church that's designed to help you get to know the people around you so we can do better and be better together. Well, hey everyone, welcome to Midweek Live. We're so glad that you're here. This is Tina. This is my friend (laughs) Tina. I've actually known Tina quite a long time and um, I'm actually pretty excited to sit with Tina um, because you may know Tina would not surprise me if you do, um, but you also may know many of our family members who serve um, this church on all kinds of levels, all kinds of levels. I love yeah. that Tom Gallagher, um, this last week when I posted about it, he was like, oh, I cannot wait to watch this because two of your kids actually help in our production team almost every single week. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're going to sit with Tina today and cover quite a bit of ground. You have a pretty intensive um, <laughs> story, but you know what? Yes. It's amazing is... Um, There's so many relatable situations. You know, we've talked a lot about adoption. You're going to mention adoption. Clearly, that's Mm -hmm. a huge part um, of your lives for sure. Um, But then there's also, you know, um, your last child that you adopted has special needs, and you're going to talk a bit about that and that that's been difficult for you. You're a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. I am. So amazing. (laughs) So we will kind of touch a little bit on that too. But you might be sitting here going, wait a second, what is sitting beside Tina? (laughs) Would you like to explain? <laughs> this is flat Jesus. Um, Megan Fate Marshman talks about Tuesdays with Jesus, where she uh, takes Jesus with her, not a flat Jesus, just <laughs> actual, pretends actual. that Jesus is with her. So she opens the do- car door for him and, yeah. you know, goes to the restaurant and pulls out a chair for him. Yes. And so anyway, we we're talking about that at a uh, small group and then got on the topic of flat Stanley, where teachers... Yeah. Have you take a flat Stanley on vacation with you or whatever and take pictures? And yeah. so we decided to make flat Jesus <laughs> so we can take Jesus with so us. So he's, he's with us today. We already knew he was, but now we have right. a visual of right. him sitting right it's there. A great reminder. Joining us today. <laughs> so, um, Tina, how long have you guys been coming? We were just talking about this, trying to figure out the exact yeah. same. Uh, it's know, been a while. Like 2004, four? five, yeah. somewhere in there. I'm convinced it's around four because it's really close to when we started coming to yeah. That's around the same time. And um, did you grow up in the church? I did not. My okay. parents did not go to church at all. I remember going to vacation Bible school because it was like the church. We, oh, yeah. I grew up in Tranquility. Oh, I don't know if you know where t- that's at. But yes, absolutely. <laughs> very tiny, yes. tiny town. Uh-huh. And there was a church right across the street. So okay. I remember doing that. But my parents divorced when I was eight. And mm. so then we moved to Kerman. Yeah. And then just didn't so do what, after what that. So what changed for you? What made you like start going to church or any, I mean... It wasn't until after I had Caitlin, and she's mm-hmm. twenty, going to be 25. Okay. So, I don't know. She was maybe five okay. when my mom, my parents started going to Northwest, and okay. then um, just encouraged us to come and check it out. Yeah. And so, we would go, you know, every so often. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't, like, regular attenders. And right. Then someone invited us here and then mm-hmm. checked this out. Yeah. Because Mark was raised Catholic, so it was totally okay. different. For I mean, he went to San Joaquin Memorial, altar boy, you know, yeah. he was a big oh, time wow. Catholic. Oh, wow, I didn't know that about him. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so it was really different for him. Where to, did you, I know the answer to this, but where did you and Mark meet? <laughs> at McDonald's. Okay. Yes. <laughs> he was but, my manager <laughs> when I was 16. That's great. Uh, yeah. That's great. You guys got, got married and you had kids. We did. And, two kids. Um, two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so who, so, so one of the parts of your story is adoption. Who brought up adoption? I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is usually the case. I hear a lot in the adoption world that the wife is usually the one who mm. brings it up. But I was at a Women of Faith conference mm. 
if you remember those. I um, do, yeah. With my mom and totally felt God calling us to adopt, saying hmm. you need to adopt a child. <laughs> and you were saying you're not even like, you weren't even like extremely religious or anything at no. that time. <laughs> so it was like, what is happening? What, did, what was that like? Did, was it like an audible voice? Was it a feeling? No, it was like an audible voice. Really? It was weird. It was the really? strangest thing. What was your original reaction? Were you like, no? no. I was like, okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Immediately. But Mark was like, what? Okay. Because <laughs> we had never discussed adoption, knew wow. no, nobody that had adopted. Did you feel like you guys were done after two kids? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin this... was, you know, Bradley was six at the time and Caitlin was 10. So, yeah, totally yeah. done. A boy and a girl. Yeah, six, we're yeah, like, you, yeah, this, American we're dream, good. you know, yeah. <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Right. So Mark was like, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So adoption comes up. How long before? So you gave a stat, which I thought was pretty interesting. The the, the stat of people that think about adoption, it's like 40%. Yeah, 40% uh, consider adopting, but only 2% do. Wow. So, wow. yeah. So how long, do you, were you just like, no, we're doing this and I'm just going to keep moving forward on it? And, and Pretty much. We had family <laughs> tell us, take care of your own kids, hmm. you know, hmm. don't adopt. Hmm. <laughs> But we were determined, so. And you have adopted all of your children from China. Uh-huh, why, three of them. Why China? Was there any specific reason for you? We just felt God calling us to China. Mm. Their stories, you know. Mm. <clears throat> At the time, it was mainly girls that were abandoned. Mm. Wow. Just, yeah. So you felt this need to just say yes. Mm-hmm. What what were the next steps? You were like, okay, so we were talking about this. Facebook was not a thing. No, it was not. When, when you guys adopted Kennedy, which is your very first mm-hmm. child, um, what what did it look like to raise, I mean, you don't have to raise money for this. We didn't raise money the first time. We okay. refinanced our house, took out credit, you know, we did wow. whatever. Wow. It was like we were saying yes to God, to this journey, but we weren't... Um, relying on him to provide what mm. we needed for it. Wow. So we took it into our own hands and did wow. whatever we needed to do to make it happen. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that. So Mark must've been convinced at some point because it, yeah. was, <laughs> it took him a little while, but then he's like, all right. How long was the process between when you guys start the process of like, okay, we're actually going to do this. Let's start making steps. How long was it before you guys were picking up Kennedy? So we started that, it was our anniversary, June 17th, when I was at the Women of Faith Conference in 2006. Okay. And we brought her home March of 2008. So almost two years. Okay. Mm -hmm. She spoke English? She did. We were fortunate enough Mm. that she uh, lived with two foster moms that were from the United States. Okay. Which is very uncommon. I was going to say that sounds very rare. They were there teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And we met her. She was almost six when we met her. Mm. And... um, Brought her back to the hotel and she was, we were, I remember we were looking out the window and she, and she was like a tree and saying all these English words and we're, what is happening? So you actually we had no idea. You didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you were going, oh my gosh. Where did you learn all this? Because they don't give wow. you any background really of who they're living with or. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. So then we come to find out she had been living with two American women. And, okay. And so she knew some English uh-huh. already. And about God and. Yeah, wow. it was, yeah, like the best. So scenario. were you guys, um, <clears throat> 2006, you guys are pretty much coming to North Point at that point in time. Cause I was telling you, I remember, I didn't remember Kennedy's adoption, but I, I definitely remembered Braden's. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I went on a missions trip in 2010 together we to did. India. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I remember you saying even on that trip that you were starting to feel this desire to adopt again. Right. Yeah. And you were going, I'm going to have to bring this up again. And I don't <laughs> right. even know. This I is. think Mark knew once we left China that we would mm. probably be back for okay. a boy. So he wasn't surprised when you brought it up again? I don't think so. Not okay. that time. Mm-mm. So what did it, so, so you guys have, what does it look like to bring a child that's adopted into your family? How does it, is it pretty, is it much easier than you think? Or what are the difficulties? I think in it, it depends on your kids, mm-hmm. your biological kids, if you have any. Yeah. Caitlin and Bradley, as you know, are very easygoing. Oh, yeah. So it was easy for us. Right. I'm sure there's families that it's been difficult. But right. Yeah, Every, she just glided just, right in and it was, yeah. here we are. We're a family mm-hmm. of five mm-hmm. at that moment yep. in time. Okay. Yep. So you decide, Brayden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember us <clears throat> talking. I remember, if I remember correct, we were, you were taking like a, we're trying to decide what we're going to name our right. son. Right. Right. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Because I remember actually voting for Brayden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what AJ wanted us to name him. Something crazy, but. Uh, yeah. 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 But yeah. we were, you know, it was, the idea was to stick with the K's for the girls and the B's for right. the boys. We'd done that already. And, and seven uh, letters. And seven. Oh, know. really? That was the thing. I didn't, I didn't realize it was yes. seven letters as well. Okay. So, <laughs> so you say, I'm feeling it again. What did it look like? What was the process in this time? Did you, you guys couldn't refinance your house again? No, this time Facebook was around. So, you know, the adoption community, the Chinese adoption community is so supportive and so huge. You know, a lot of people help. I had friends uh, help. They threw a uh, carnival Mm. at a park and we Hmm. barbecued and had bounce houses and Hmm. everybody came and helped raise money for that. Wow. I got it. We got grants that time. Okay. There's a lot of organizations that do grants for adoption. And had you started to learn more about the process? Right. Yeah. Right. You had made connections with other people right. as well. It was so much easier. Hmm. So, I mean, it's really helpful to have that kind of support. That was kind exactly. of the deciding factor, almost, I imagine, with the second yeah. one is really being able to totally have that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, the process, first time with Kennedy was two years, almost exactly. Mm-hmm. How long was it with Brayden? With Brayden, it was a year, 10 months, a year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brayden didn't speak English when he Not came. Not at all. He was 12. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not one word of English. So how old was Kennedy when she came? She was six. Almost okay. six. Yeah. So this was definitely new. 12. Totally different. So how, how old was Bra- uh, Bradley at the time? 12. They're the same age. Wow. <laughs> yes. And totally different kids. Yeah. So, Yeah. It was interesting. So how was it adding now a new a new kid to the family, really a teenager just about mm-hmm. at that point in time mm-hmm. that doesn't speak English? Brayden has a very big personality, so I imagine that wasn't too difficult. Yeah, he wasn't no. like, you know, away in his room <laughs> right, or something. No. Um, Brayden is one of the guys that actually helped out with production, and so was Kennedy. So yeah. <laughs> yep. So tell me, how was it to bring Brayden into the family and... It was good. He, yeah. Did he struggle a little bit <laughs> he more? He struggled, yeah, mm. and we struggled. Um, yeah. I guess because he was older. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He was a favorite at the orphanage, so to come home, that you know. That does not surprise uh, me. Right? <laughs> he got everything that he wanted. And they took him it. places. I'm like, how did you get to go there? <laughs> but if you know Brayden, <laughs> you can imagine. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it was hard. Wow. Um, but we've come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brayden, so how long between Brayden and Carson? 
So Braden came home in 2012 and Carson okay. came home in 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you feel the desire again. Is Mark now going, wait? Well, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> we thought we were done after Braden. Okay. Yeah. Two boys, two girls. We're like, Now we're, we're really, good. really done. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. And so I came home and started advocating for waiting children. I'm like, that's what I can do. You mm-hmm. know, I can at least still be involved that way. Yeah. Is this when Handmade Hope started? No. Okay. It started when we adopted Carson. Okay. Um, so started advocating for them and then God placed on our heart the very, well, what most people consider the very least of these, yeah. a child with Down syndrome. Hmm. A lot of people hate that term, especially in the adoption community because the they're like, like Down, Down the syndrome. The least of these. The least of these. Okay. Um, but in all reality, a lot of society treats sees them that way. that way, sees it that way. Yeah. <clears throat> I was telling you, 65% are aborted wow. here in the United States. Um, so let's back up. So 65% of babies that they believe are going to have Down syndrome mm-hmm. are aborted. Mm-hmm. Here in the United States. They don't get a chance here, here, just in the U.S. <laughs> okay. And like 95, 98% in Denmark wow. where they're bragging that they're eradicating it. Wow. So it's very sad. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> very sad. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you both receive this like idea, this message that Down syndrome, a child with Down syndrome, was what God was calling you to? Just me. Just you. <laughs> Always <again>. just me. <laughs> can you, can Always you help, just me. Help me understand how those conversations are when you come to Mark. <laughs> is there like a certain time of night, and he's like, "Oh, dang it! Yeah, here she is again. <laughs> here she is again." <laughs> what do you want now? Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, it was just me. Um, As you know, uh, the summer of my senior year, most people don't know this about me, but um, senior year of high school, I found myself pregnant and actually, unfortunately, decided to abort that baby. And so I just really felt there was not a coincidence that God was calling us to adopt a child that most people abort. Mm. It was like he was calling, bringing it bringing full circle. Full circle. Mm-hmm. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Was that a hard thing to, I don't know, face? Is it something you had maybe tucked away? and? Totally. Yeah. I didn't face it until we went to India. And yeah. you guys are probably the only ones that really know yeah. the story because yeah. I yeah. about had a mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember, um, I remember yeah, it. Yeah, it was a hard time. Yeah. I Because... We had started coming to church regularly, and I just felt like a fake. Yeah. Like, mm. um, <laughs> you know, I had never confessed that. I never asked for forgiveness from that. So I was mm. just coming to church and felt like, mm. I don't know. Did you feel mm. like we, we, you, people wouldn't embrace you? People well, wouldn't, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> if they knew. That if kind they of, only yeah. Knew. Like, Have you felt how that way I even do then? that? I mean, I, I know, I remember, I remember um, one of the things I really loved about taking the trip to India was really creating this bond with the people that we were going mm-hmm. with because it was a process before and then even a process that we did after. <clears throat> we went through books and we had times together where we talked and we just tried to dig in with each other because, you know, you want to trust the people that you're about to go on this life-changing experience with. And so... Um, 
I remember you sharing that. And I just remember all of us just being so heartbroken for you because mm-hmm. you had carried it for so long. Yeah. And it hurt us that you didn't feel like you could share that and, and didn't feel like you would maybe be loved or accepted. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, man, if that is, if that is somebody today, um, what would you tell that person that might be have holding that information or holding it back? Do you think there's been a benefit to sharing it? The times you have? Totally. It's brought healing. Totally. But mm-hmm. I still have a hard time sharing it. Yeah. It's like, how do you bring that up? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I've yeah. been in small group. Yeah. And, and yet most people don't even know that. Like yeah. they're probably sitting there like, what right. is she talking about? Yeah. <laughs> because I don't share it. Yeah. It's a hard place to go. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing it here because it is really helpful for people to hear. Because you and your family has just been such an outstanding group of people here at the church, regardless of of our past. Yeah, you know, God God forgives you, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been this beautiful story to see you guys um, adopting and growing your family. And Carson has been. Um, Man, quite an impact on your family, yes? Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, she, she's amazing. She's, I, what I love, and I love about her when, when you were, um, and we'll talk about your cancer diagnosis about a year and a half ago. Is mm-hmm, that about right? Yep. Um, but we had these shirts, and I remember that Sunday where we were all wearing our shirts, and she just wanted to keep taking pictures and keep taking pictures. Uh-huh. And keep, she loves the camera. But she also just, it was, she just loves her family mm-hmm. and she wanted to keep yeah. capturing you guys mm-hmm. and seeing you guys just brought her so much joy. And I thought that was just such a beautiful yeah. thing. Um, so tell me about the process now for Carson. You um, kind of feel like that you guys were set, you're done, but now you're feeling like, man, I really feel like God is calling us to, to take in um, a child with Down syndrome yeah. And uh, that's a huge task. <laughs> right. But I felt peace about the whole thing. You felt- like no worry about how the money's going to come. We had no business adopting one from China, let alone three. Right. It's very expensive. Right. <clears throat> but God has provided every penny. Wow. And so this time I was like, it's going to happen. I don't mm-hmm. know how, <laughs> but he has called us to this and it's going to happen. Yeah. And this, and, is it when did. Hand, and this is when Handmade Hope started. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. So um, I was like, how are we going <laughs> to raise the money? And so um, I just came across these necklaces, and I'm like, can I, ma- I can make something and sell something. And so I contacted Paul Carlson and Matt Klein, and they designed some designs for me and made some necklaces, and it pretty much raised our entire $30,000. Wow. We got a couple grants again, but yeah. Wow. yeah, people were just buying it. Yeah. The yeah. support from North Point especially yeah. was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And so two years for Kennedy to come, about a year for Braden. And about 10 months or so for Carson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I was in the circle, I was advocating for kids. So right. it was kind of easier for me. Right. I knew people. So right. I was like, send me files of kids. That right have Down syndrome, this yeah. age range. Wow. No heart condition. <laughs> because <laughs> We're going to get into that. Like, yeah, I felt yeah. like I, we couldn't handle a heart condition. So, so I didn't know this. Um, someone with Down syndrome can be, um, can also have heart. Right. That, that's part of the yeah. um, problem or disorder, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys said we really don't 
we, we don't feel we like we can handle that right. financially yeah. and you know just all of it yeah okay mainly emotionally emotionally yeah yeah so you guys go and you pick her up mm-hmm. and bring her back yes <laughs> she was all <laughs> she was seven and a half okay when we met her okay yeah and she was whirlwind <laughs> is <laughs> was more so then <laughs> yes uh yeah okay yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, but she's she, got a lot of energy. Mm, yes. She was the easiest to bond to, though. She came mm. to us right away. Mm. She's amazing. Yeah. But she ended up having a heart condition. She did. We brought her home. We had no idea. I mean, wow. she was... I remember we went to an adoption picnic that North Point put on that November. We came home in October. That November, we were at the picnic, and she picked out a, up a baseball and whacked it. We're like, what? How do you know how to play baseball? <laughs> um, but she would run around. Mm. Like, we had no mm. idea that she had anything going on. But wow, we took her to the doctor. And, of course, they listened to her heart and was like, there's something going on. Mm. Went to a cardiologist, and she had to have open-heart surgery the following August. So. Wow. In the hospital, ten days. It was the hardest thing we've ever done. Yeah, <clears throat> I remember visiting so you hard. guys at oh my gosh. hospital. Well, and I remember her. You know, she really didn't understand. No. Why? At all. Yeah, none of it. Why she had to be there? Why she had to stay in bed? Right. Just all of it was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so you stayed beside her. Mm-hmm. Mark would stay at night, and I would stay all day. All day. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And yep. you would just care for her and yep. and entertain her and yep. try and keep her. <laughs> In bed. In bed. <laughs> yep. And yeah, as yeah. the day she came home, she was outside whacking the baseball again. Wow. 10 days after open heart surgery. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she's done very but well since then. Yeah. We don't go back for another three years. So we're doing good. Yeah. Okay. She will probably need another heart, heart surgery eventually. But yeah. Does she go to school? I mean, all of them. Let's talk about the school process really quick. <laughs> you know, well, because I know a little bit of this. Just yeah. Being friends with you. <laughs> Um, having kids that English is a second language for them, and that's just about the case with all of them. Mm-hmm. Very similar, right? Yep. Um, what has the school experience been like for them? I, I recognize it might be different for each mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah. Well, Kennedy was the easiest because she already knew English. Right. Um, so she was, e- she's been easy the whole time. Right. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Braden struggled. Braden struggled because we put him into sixth grade. It's like sixth grade, not speaking any English. And you know, the teachers here don't. How do you? Yeah. How do you? Spanish speakers, they help a lot, you know, because they can, but Chinese, they didn't even have an interpreter for, you know, it's just so difficult. Yeah. So you're advocating for them and trying to. Yeah. To, to get them the help mm-hmm. they need. Does Carson go to public schools? She's not right now. We okay. pulled her out when um, COVID. COVID hit mm-hmm. because she couldn't sit on a computer all day long. Yeah, <laughs> or for even, sure, 100%. even two hours, she cannot. Yeah. So, but she will be going back after spring break. So. Okay. And she's, yeah. doing, she's doing pretty good Because there. she misses the kids. The interaction. Or else I'd yeah. keep her out, but. Yeah, she the interaction. The, mm-hmm, yep. And in this process... You started something here on our church campus. Now, this is before we close. We're not really doing it right now because we're still kind of, you know, we're in this in-between place right now. Uh, we do have services out, outside. Um, but I know this will be something we're definitely going to continue to do when mm-hmm. we're more open. It's called Special Stars. Right. So tell me, like, where did the idea come from? It seems pretty easy. The idea <laughs> came from Carson. And right. seeing her right. kind of struggle to be in class with everybody. Yeah. Right. 
here yeah. on on Sunday Sunday services, Sunday mornings mm-hmm. and stuff. And so you created something called Special Stars. Yes. So when we brought her home, like I was oblivious thinking we could just bring, because we're very involved here. Yeah. And so <laughs> I just thought we could bring her home and she could go to her class and we could keep serving. And, yes. you know, we're here two services usually right. when, when everything's back to normal, but that was not the case. Yeah. She was a runner. She is a runner. <laughs> she yeah. will take off. Yeah. She has a couple behavior thing, you know, can't communicate. Right. So just putting her in a classroom just did Didn't not work. work. Yeah. Um, so I did not come up with special stars, though. I guess oh. it was around. So okay. other ladies were, but I did not know that. Yeah. So I just kind of brought it back up again. Yeah. Yeah. And because so, you're going, there's got to yeah, be something. not working. Yeah. Um, did you start making connections with other parents that were also, also had kids that had special needs? Um, not right away. Mm. Um, I learned that 80% of those with special needs don't come to church because... For those reasons. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. There's yeah. a lot in our adoption community that the churches tell them, we, you cannot come back. Mm. <laughs> Thank goodness North Point has not said that to me. But that hurts my heart. They tell oh them goodness. that wow. because they feel like they can't care for their child. Or they make them stay with their child and right. not attend church when they need it. Right. They need it. Yes, because, <laughs> you know, you're you're getting filled up. Right. <laughs> it's just as important as them also mm-hmm. having the interaction with other people outside of their family, outside exactly. of their main caregiver. Exactly. Um, you guys need that time to mm-hmm. kind of recoup, to yeah. have the energy to make it through the rest totally. of the week. Wow, 80%. 80%. 80%. And... Then I would look around and it's like, that. where are all the special... There are so many special needs people in our community, but where are they? Yeah. You don't see them. Yeah. Because it's hard. Yeah. And so this Special Stars is a buddy system, basically, right? right? We have buddies. Yeah. That just hang out with the kids one-on-one mm-hmm. and, you know, make sure they're safe and right. help them interact with other kids. And mm-hmm. Carson's buddies would bring her outside and let her hit the baseball, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, you know, keep them entertained while we can go and yeah. enjoy service. So, wow. Yeah. We will need buddies once we get back. Yeah. To, we definitely will. Yeah. So how did things really change for you when you got a cancer diagnosis? You were really health wise, not doing well and really having a hard time figuring out exactly what was going on. Yeah. Right? But not for very long. Okay. It was crazy. Okay. Yeah. I remember not feeling well at extreme days, so mm-hmm. June of 2019. Yeah. Not feeling well at all. Yeah. And then by the end of July, I was in the ER. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You took more than one trip to the ER. I was in the ER. They sent me home and said, you know, gave me fluids, um, said, something's going on with your intestines. We're not sure what, mm. um, but go have a colonoscopy done. Mm-hmm. So I went home, made an appointment. You know, that takes a while. Um, but the GI doctor was like, you look fine. I'm Mm. not concerned. Mm. We'll do the colonoscopy. Um, but then 10 days later, I didn't even make it to that appointment because 10 days later I was back in the ER. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then having emergency surgery. Wow. Yeah. So you were diagnosed with colon cancer. Stage three colon cancer. Stage three. Mm-hmm. At 43. Yeah. And they said I had had it for 
10 years? Yeah, up so. to 10 years. Because I remember us talk, thinking, oh my gosh. So I was we like, were, man, yes. I've been to China three times, right. India. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All with a tumor. Right. Thank goodness nothing happened there. Right. Yeah. How, how did, okay, you're being told this information. I have never gotten a cancer diagnosis. I've always tried to imagine what that moment must feel like. What, what does that moment feel like? Um, I had the most peace I have ever mm. felt in my life. It was the craziest thing. My mom did not want the doctor to tell me, hmm. but it was, he told me and it was like, okay, hmm. <laughs> kind of like with Carson, we can do this. Okay. It yeah. hasn't always been that easy. Yeah. But those first few days I was like, okay. Yeah. How was the family dynamics during that time? You're, uh, you know, Carson's <laughs> main. Yeah. Carson main is sp- attached to my hip pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. So it was really hard on her. Yeah. Very traumatic on her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was hard for them. Mm-hmm. Harder for them, I think, than for and me. for you, yeah. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Yeah. Did you ever find yourself um, battling depression or? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Especially during chemo. Mm-hmm. It, it's just hard. It made you very sick. Yeah, and being sick that many days mm-hmm. for that long. Low energy. Is very hard. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Did you feel like there was support for you, that there was people you could reach out to? Uh, my North Point family was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Food, you know, yeah. cards, flowers, texts. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would say that that has a lot to do with the, you know, you, the sewing that you've done as a friend, as a person here at North Point. You've sewed so many relationships and so many friendships. You've been an encourager for so many um, that I just think, you know, really people were just giving back what you had given them for so many years. So many. I mean, it, it, Tina walked in here and gave me a gift because that's <laughs> Tina. Like that's just Stop how it. she, that's how she thinks is just like you, um, are just so great at loving on people. Oh, thank you. And, uh, you know, I know for many of us it, that, that was a, that was a hard time for even us to hear what you were walking in mean, it. You know, I was worried, concerned for you. I think many people were, and I'm sure you were too, just to some de- degree, right? Yeah. Um, how difficult it is to um, be a mom, but mm. be a mom of a child that really does need a lot of your attention and the strain that that puts on the family yeah. as the dynamics change for you too. Yeah. Um, and that's got to be pretty difficult. Um, for somebody who's getting that diagnosis and sitting in it and maybe not able to reach out, would you just encourage that? Do you think that it's good to reach out to people? And oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't and draw stay. near to God because mm. he's right there. He's faithful. Yeah. He'll get you through Your it. Your parents have also adopted kids in this <laughs> they process, have. right? After sudden... we adopted Brayden, they have, as yeah. grandparents. Yes. At almost 60, adopted two boys from Brayden's orphanage. Wow. So they went from being friends to uncle and nephew. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> Uncle if and that nephew. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it it, it does. Strangely it's enough, kind of odd, but yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, what an inspiration. What yeah. an inspiration. Yeah, it's been. You know, we're in a series called The Real Deal, and it's all about being the real deal. And the one of the main reasons I brought you on, especially this week, was because I knew we were just going to be talking about being the real deal in your own family, in your own environment, with the people that know you the best and the most mm-hmm. <laughs> behind yeah. closed doors. And I'm positive that it's not always perfect, right. that it's not always, you know, 
butterflies and sunshine no. by any means. Um, but we can see throughout your story um, that God was just providing for you. Yep. That there was um, strength that he was building up in you, faith along the way with each one of these adoptions, um, with the cancer diagnosis that you've just managed, your family has just managed to say like, Lord, we're in your hands and we have mm-hmm. faith and you've done that so well. Um, you've postured it so well for your kids. Bradley, if you didn't know this, is on our worship team. He plays keys. He, he's um, on a worship team. Like I said, Kendi and Brayden are, are on cameras. Caitlin has been so involved with junior high and with high school here. You know, Mark has served so many places <laughs> as counselor. serving now again. He is serving as, now again. Wow. Uh, junior high leader. He took over Bradley's group. So, because wow. <laughs> Bradley has class. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. So you're just doing it together and you're modeling mm. it in its in its reality in difficulties and in, in the moments that are good, you know, yeah. in the blessed moments too. Mm-hmm. So I just want to thank you. Thank you for sharing so much of your life. Like I said, there's so <laughs> many, there's so many chapters as we get into right. this, but you know, so with testimonies, we get a chance to get to know people a little bit more. And also along the way, even just listening to you, it gives me stronger faith to know this is how you posture yourself. This is how you come alongside each other. This is how you encourage each other. This is how you spur one another on. And so I just want to thank you Aww. for doing that. And all the Salvador family, the whole <laughs> the whole bit of them. The whole, what's it, seven, eight, seven? Seven. Seven of you guys. <laughs> no, eight. Any, any more? No, probably not. <laughs> As of right now. So wait, Carson was adopted in? 2015. 2015. Okay. So. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if God decides to change we'll the see, story. But... <laughs> Well, because you even said, you know, that you had said, we don't, we don't think we can handle the, the, you know, Down syndrome and having a heart problem. And yet God said, no, you can. Yeah. I had this thought last, do we have time? Yeah, sure. Share it. um, In the middle of the night last night, this thought, all these things sound scary, you know, Mm. adoption, Down syndrome diagnosis, cancer. Yes. They sound scary. They Uh, absolutely do. Until you're in it. And... Mm look back and then hmm. you see that it's beautiful and amazing. Yeah. And you can do it hmm. once you're in it. Yeah. So God gives you the strength you need for mm-hmm. each each of those in yeah. its time. And the people to come alongside too right. and and love and help share that and provide food and provide prayer and provide exactly. support. And so that's really what the church is like all about, right? Yep. Yeah. Being the real deal in your own home. We're seeing that portrayed in the Salvadors um, all the time. We encourage you guys to do that. This next weekend, we're actually having Celebration Sunday. We're celebrating life change over 2020. As difficult as this year has been, we've seen so many people um, experience difficulty and walk in it in a way that's faithful. And so um, hope that you guys will join us as we celebrate those stories and we hear from our pastors. And um, we guys... I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. The following week, we're hoping to sit with Kyle, our worship pastor, and sit, talk with him a little bit more about the value of a life that's full of worship. And so we hope that you guys stay safe in this rain and have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Sunday. Thanks for joining us this week for Midweek Live. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media at NPCC Fresno.